And so, Heavenly Father, we pray that even as we have come with open hearts, that your words of life will impart our lives, and our lives will never be the same again in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So, we are in part 27 of the book of the Acts of Apostles. And I want to acknowledge all the teachers that have been on this journey in the last 26 parts. I mean, they have been so, so amazing. Last week, um, Pastor Bolaji brought the goodie bag. So it's good to come to Thrive. So say, say to your neighbor, it's good to come to Thrive because Thrive is full of surprises, right? Thrive is full of surprises. Yes, today we'll be taking on part 27. And it will be Acts of Apostles, chapter 14, verses 1 to 7. And I'll read very quickly. Now, at Iconium, also Paul and Barnabas went into the Jewish synagogue together and spoke with such power that a great number of both, that a great number both of Jews and of Greeks believed. That is, they became Christians. But the unbelieving Jews who rejected their message aroused the Gentiles and embittered their minds against the brethren. Verse 3. So Paul and Barnabas stayed on there for a long time, speaking freely and fearlessly and boldly in the Lord, who continued to bear testimony to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be performed by their hands. But the residents of the town were divided, some siding with the Jews and some with the apostles. Verse 5. When there was an attempt, both on the part of the Gentiles and the Jews together with their rulers, to insult and abuse and molest Paul and Barnabas and to stone them, they aware of the situation, made their escape to Lystra and Derb, cities of Lycaonia and the neighboring districts. Verse 7. And there they continued to preach the glad tidings, that is the gospel. May the Lord bless the reading and the hearing of his word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So last week, part of what Pastor Bolaji took us through was the fact that these Jews when they were in Antioch, had raised up influential women and other people in the cities to chase away Paul and Barnabas. And we see that in Acts of Apostles, chapter 13, verse 50. It says, But the Jews stirred up the devout women of high rank and outstanding men of the town and instigated persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their boundaries. Now they get to Iconium, and again in verse 2, we see that the unbelieving, but the unbelieving Jews who rejected their message aroused the Gentiles and embittered their minds against the brethren. Now it's interesting to, to note that they did not, the Jews did not accept this message, yet they were poisoning other people's minds against the gospel. 
And for me, it's a question that I ask myself, what message are you passing on to people repeatedly? Are you passing the message of good news or are you poisoning people's minds? Now, in, in our general walk of life, in your office, in your business area, in your homes, what message are you passing? Are you making people embittered or are you pushing out poison? It's food for thought and really I want us to think about it because this is what the unbelieving Jews, these Jews, I mean, you could look at them as a type of Christian. They knew the word of God. Yet, when the message of salvation came, they just didn't want it. It's one thing not to want it, but it's another thing to poison other people's minds repeatedly. Repeatedly. Because before you can make somebody's soul bitter, that's what the Bible says here. It says, embitter their minds. Before you can embitter someone's mind, that's the Amplified Classic Version. Let me read from the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation says, some of the Jews refused to believe and they began to poison the minds of the non-Jews to discredit the believers. So their poisoning was to discredit the believers. They set out on a mission to poison the hearts of those that were trying to accept the gospel. And they went on and on. You know, it's one thing, they say when you keep repeating something, after a while, you, you, um, you become what you keep repeating, what you, you keep thinking about. So they kept repeating it and kept repeating it until these people that they were repeating it to were accepting it. So another question is, what is it that people are saying to you repeatedly that you're beginning to accept? You need to measure it against the word of God. Does it measure against the word of God? Put it at power with the word of God and see if it is something that you should accept or if it is something that you should throw away. So we see that in these two occasions, the, the Jews were able to cause bitterness amongst the people such that they drove out Paul and Barnabas from their towns. I mean, that must have been a lot of effort to drive out people from their town, to, to raise up an army to say, drive these people out. It took a lot of effort. And it also meant that these Jews had a, um, a degree of influence over the say in the land. There are people that look up to them that, is this the way we should go? But rather than use their influence for something positive, they used it negatively. So another food for thought is, how much influence do you have? That's question one. The second question would be, the influence that you have, what are you using it for? What are you using it for? Because we may think that, oh, I'm just small in my own small area. No, you are big. Wherever God has positioned you, you are big. You need to begin to see yourself that way. And then think about how influential you are. And then think about how much of an impact you're making to the society, to the things around you. Yes, we all want change. But the change starts with you and I. It starts from you and I, like they say, charity begins at home. 
It begins with you and I. The Jews rejected the message, so it began with them. The poisoning began with them. And from then on, they spread it out. So if they're able to spread the poison out, it also means that they are able to spread the good out. So think about it. If the Jews were able to spread so much poison that they had to drive Paul and Barnabas out of the town. Imagine if, they, if, if the reverse was the case and they spread good news instead. Just imagine how big the church would be. Okay, pardon me. I've been told that it is part 26 that we are on. So forgive me. Am I forgiven? Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay, so just imagine, it will be a different story. So this is part 26 of the Acts of the Apostles. It's a different story. If, it would have been a different story if the Jews had actually not spread poison. Instead, they had accepted the good news and spread it out amongst the people. So all those um, devote influential women and men of the town that they raised up to chase out these people. They could have raised them up to build a stronger army for Christ. And so I want to encourage us today, within our sphere of influence, let us always be prepared to be the one to champion the army of Christ. Because God is set to use everyone that is available in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So we see that they personalize the issue. They just personalized it. Like, I'm not going to allow these people to stay in this town. No, you cannot come and you cannot come and spoil what it is that we're doing. There are things that people are saying concerning the gospel based on their own personal opinion. You know, there was a time, and I, I suppose it's still ongoing somewhere, why are we paying tithes? Why are we paying tithes? Why should I not pay tithes? The Bible says I should pay it. Why should I not pay it? There are people that are raising up that issue. Why should you pay your tithes? But what does the word of God say? The word of God says you should pay your tithes so that God will rebuke the devourer. It's as simple as that. When devourers come, these people that are saying don't pay your tithes, they will not be there. They will not be there. So what's it going to be? Are you going to stick with the words of men or are you going to stick with the word of God? Because man has a spirit and the spirit is being fed, whether we like it or not. So it is either we are tuned to the spirit of God to receive good nourishment or we are tuned to the spirit of other men and we receive their own nourishment. So whatever it is that they are giving out is what we are taking. And that's why the Jews were able to poison the minds of these people because these people were not attuned to the word of God. Guess what? The good news is that with you in Christ, you're able to control the narrative. You're able to control the narrative. And that's why the book of Jeremiah 17.5 says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusted in man and maketh flesh his arm. 
and whose heart departed from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land not inhabited. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. Cursed be the man that trusted in man. So these believers that should have, you know, accepted the word of God decided to trust in the Jews. They decided to trust in the Jews. Why? Why? This is an interactive session. So if you have questions, just start preparing them down. Because Papi will come on very soon to take up those questions. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, and as Papi said on Sunday, the best life ever is a life lived with and for Jesus. The best life ever is a life lived with and for Jesus. So when people are going about changing things that are in the scripture, pause. I want to share a story about paying first fruits. I know many people have come to talk about um, their tithes, giving of tithes, and how God has just been amazing. I want to share my own personal story of paying first fruits. First time ever that I decided to pay first fruits, as far as my memory serves. My salary was 25,000 naira. So think about how far back it was. 25,000 naira was my salary. And I really didn't have a lot. But that day I went to church and pay your first fruits. So I said to God, if I pay this first fruit, let me just know what time I'll wake up in the morning to trek to the office. <laughs> ah, so I paid it. I just, so it wasn't a question of, is it gross? Is it net? Is it uh, after offering? Is it, I just took everything and paid it. Guess what? I think by that evening, that was Sunday, right? By Monday evening or Sunday evening now, someone came to me and gave me a check for 30,000 naira. Straight up. And I was like, Huh? And the person said, well, um, I've been meaning to give you this check. Oh. I've been meaning to give you this check. Oh. So God was waiting for me to just pay my first fruit. If it ended there, would it not be amazing? That same week, my office offered me a flat free of charge. Say, you need accommodation. You can have that place to stay for as long as you work with us and for as long as you want to stay. Now, that is God. That is God. As I am today, there is nobody on the face of the earth that can tell me not to pay my first fruits. It's just as simple as that. There's nobody that can tell me, oh, if you're paying your first fruits, it's a waste of time. It is not. It is not. It is just the principles. There are principles that govern our existence as human beings and principles that govern us walking with Christ. And this is one of them. And it is clear in the word of God. It is clear. So I want to encourage us today. Take up the word of God. Let it be a mantle. Let it be what guides you. Let it be what guides you in your decision, in everything that you do in life. And God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll move on to verse 3. 
Acts chapter 14, verse 3 says, So Paul and Barnabas stayed on there for a long time, speaking freely and fearlessly and boldly in the Lord, who continued to bear testimony to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be performed by their hands. So regardless of the persecution, Paul and Barnabas, they did not stop speaking freely and fearlessly and boldly. Three things, freely, fearlessly, and boldly in the Lord. Freely, fearlessly, and boldly in the Lord. Nothing could stop them. Nothing could stop them. Why? Because these two people, if we recall in the previous chapters of the Acts of Apostles, they have seen God in action. So they did not even need anybody to confuse them. There was no way anybody could have confused them. Is it Paul that had gone to Damascus to say to the high priest, give me letters, let me take to Damascus. He went to get letters from the high priest to take to Damascus and say, give me letters, let me go there so that I can deal with these so-called believers. He got the letters, but on his way, he met with Jesus. Do you want to tell Paul that Jesus is not real? It's impossible. It's impossible. And so God honored them by bearing testimony to the word of his grace. The word of his grace. So Paul and Barnabas, what they preached was come and receive grace. Not just any grace, but the grace of God. Come and receive God's grace. The Jews, of course, they could not understand this because Moses' law was an eye for an eye. So what is this man talking about grace? These two people that have come here to talk about grace. What is grace? Grace, unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification. God's grace, God's life, power and righteousness given to us by unmerited favor. Unmerited. You haven't done anything to receive it. So the Jews could not comprehend it. Because for them, if you sin, you are not going to go scot-free. You have to go and sacrifice an animal. And it depends on how big your sin is. That's how big or how many or the type of animal it will be. So they couldn't understand this word grace. They couldn't. And because they couldn't, they started poisoning the hearts of people. But God's grace is made available for us. Oh, God's grace is so, so amazing. It's so amazing. I want to encourage us at this point. Um, the teaching this last Sunday, Words to Live By, honestly, it was so apt. It was so apt. I want to, I want to share something on it now. Let's have that video, please. Jesus can make such an amazing promise. Life to the full, life not to be managed, life to the full. So the concept of life, when life comes from God, it's, it's, it's eternal life. So the concept of eternal life is that it's life that doesn't have an end. Praise the Lord. So the concept of eternal life is life that doesn't have an end. And in addition, Papi also shared that if Jesus just came to give us life, that would be more than enough. But if we had, but if we had death, he came to give us life. Now, Jesus did not come to make us better. 
Jesus did not say, oh, you are badly behaved. I'm going to give you 10 steps to be better behaved. Jesus did not come to make bad people good. Jesus came to make dead people alive. Hallelujah. That is grace. That is the word of grace. And that is what the Jews could not accept. They could not even begin to comprehend it. Like, what do you mean? Give me 10 steps to be better. Let me go and pray this prayer 10 times and I'll be better. Or let me go and bring a fattened calf without blemish. Or 10 white doves as my sacrifice. Let it be the atonement for my sin. But Jesus says, no. I've come to make dead people alive. And Jesus is here today. He's here today. I don't know the situation you're in, but I've got good news for you. I come with the good news of the grace and the mercy of God that is so available. Just reach out to Jesus and he will hold you by your hand in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, this, um, these Jews, they did not understand it at all. All they knew was, this is how I've been doing it. I steal, I repent, I bring an animal, and God forgives me. The animal is slaughtered. And then they tell the people, don't just bring anyone, no. You have to bring the one that has been written down. So it's not about the animal. It's about the blood of Jesus. That is a better sacrifice for us. Again, I have this quote from Adam Smith. I say it often. It says, it is not from the benevolence of the butcher, the brewer, or the baker that we expect our dinner, but from their regard to their own interests. It is not from the benevolence of the butcher, the brewer, or the baker that we expect our dinner, but from their regard to their own interests, which means that every individual tries to extract the greatest revenue he or she can from the society. So let's think about it. These same people are the people that ordinarily if the law of Moses was still in existence, would have gone there to buy animals from. So, I mean, there was profits there from rearing and from selling the animals. Again, did you know that by the time you go and buy, you say you want to buy the animal, you have to tell them the kind of sin you want to atone for now. Eh, you have to. So there are people there that were keeping records. How do I know this? How do I know this? If you look at the book of Luke, chapter 18, verse 10, it says, Luke 18, 10 says, Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. How did he know? The Pharisee, by the time he started praying, he said, just hold on a second, let me open that scripture. Luke 18, 18 verse 10. The religious leader, now I'm going to read from verse 12. The religious leader stood apart from the others and prayed, How I thank you, O God, that I'm not wicked like everyone else. They are cheaters, swindlers, and crooks. Like that tax collector over there. God, you know that I never cheat or commit adultery. Please, how did he know? How did he know? So there are people that are just keeping records. Ah, this man has gone to, is, uh, what did he bring for sacrifice today? Ah, his fatted cow for, ah, 
that means then they list out the law of Moses and figure out where that fatted calf goes into. And then they know the sin he has committed. All of that was put to an end when Jesus came. Because Jesus says, Do your sin be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. The blood of Jesus pays the full price. And that the Jews could not accept. They just didn't want to let go of that. They did not. They did not. They did not. They kept at it. Like, why should you people accept this new life? Why? Why should you accept this new life? And so in verse 4, we see that the residents of the town became divided. They were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some sided with the believers. And they were divided. They were divided. This division came about because some people that should have been the ones to show the way decided that no, this thing is not accepted. And they drove people out. They drove the people that should have brought light. They drove them out. So again, I ask, what is your part? What is your part in all that is happening? What is your part? The word of God is so clear. It's so clear. It's so clear. And again, let me encourage us to go back and listen to the words to live by. It's really, really deep. It's really, really deep. Okay, so we'll move on to verse 5. It says, When there was an attempt, both on the part of the Gentiles and the Jews together with their rulers, to insult and abuse and molest Paul and Barnabas and to stone them. An attempt on both parts. Who? The Gentiles and the Jews and their rulers. So we see even people, remember that when the believers first believed, they ignored the Gentiles and they just kept on going their own. That's how more Jews and Gentiles, you know, everybody, day or day, stay your lane. But even in this quarrel, there's unity. You know, like the adage that says, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. There was unity. And they came together to drive out these people. They came together. So, when the Bible says that a triple-braided cord is even stronger, two are better than one. It means that there is strength in unity. There is strength in unity. So, let's look at this in, you know, the positive light. There is strength in unity. We are always better together. Always better together. So think about it. If these people had actually come together to say, this is the word of God, this is the gospel of Christ, and we're marching forward with it. Boom. Just like what happened in Antioch. Many believers, and then the testimonies of what was happening in Antioch will flow all the way, thousands of miles to Jerusalem. Thousands of miles to Jerusalem and people will come and say, let us see what is happening there. It's the same thing that we can do today. So you and I, 
We have been called to the gospel of Christ to go out there and preach the good news, regardless of what life brings. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So there was unity even in this quarrel. There was unity in the quarrel. And I'm praying that God would open our eyes to see the things that we should side with and the things that we should not side with. Because there's so much power that God has deposited in each of us. And we need to know how to use that power effectively. And even as God helps us, he will teach us the places to go and the things to do that will bring glory to his holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And verse 7 says that by the time, so verse 6, by the time Paul and Barnabas saw that these people, they're about to chase us away again, let us speak to our legs. They spoke to their legs and they escaped. And by the time they got to the next place, they were very happy preaching the gospel. They were very happy preaching the gospel and they continued their ministry. And this is the end of our teaching for today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. So we will welcome Papi. Okay, while Papi is coming up, um, let's prepare our questions. If there are any questions that we have, um, we can begin to put those questions together. So while Papa is coming up, there are some things I noted down from Sunday's teaching, words to live by. One of them is a life that is full and satisfying is a result of being connected to Jesus, of being upgraded to first class, of being upgraded to first class. And when Papi shared the story of being upgraded to first class, that story was just beautiful. When you go to first class, eh? Chai. There's different, so there's different. So that's when they'll ask you, um, can I bring you a bottle of wine? Hey, woo. Ah, oh, you hear funet that you've not heard before. You know. Are you comfortable? Do you need another pillow? Ah, more, all right. Praise God. I'm praying that, you know, we'll all experience this first-class flight in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. But, I mean, that is, that is a life that is connected to Jesus. So just imagine it, just soaring on first-class. You know, in economy, people are squashed up. You just, where your leg is, is where your leg is. Don't shift it past your chair because you'll be in another person's space. But first-class, it's a different level by itself. And that is a life that is full and satisfying. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. While well, we're still waiting for Papi, something else I noted was connection to Jesus begins by believing and receiving. These Jews, a type of Christian, they did not believe and they did not receive. But a life and a connection to Jesus starts with what? Believing and receiving. Believing and receiving. 
believing and receiving. And the second thing Papi shared was trusting and obeying. Just trust God. So, okay, I have a question. When you go into the plane, do you go and check if the pilot can fly the plane? You just buy your ticket. You don't even know the person selling the ticket. You don't even know if that person went to school. So long as it is your name that is printed on the ticket, just collect the ticket and you go and they say boarding, flights, whatever, whatever, get in. You just get in and, you know, trust that the pilot will fly the plane. And that is what Jesus is saying. Trust and obey. Trust and know that. Just get on board. Just get on board. I've got your back. Because he says that he, what he has promised for us is to give us a future and a hope. So if that is his promise, then trust and obey. Just trust and know that you're going to fly first class. You're going to always fly first class. And if you think that by adventure you're in the fire, ask the, the, the Daniel and his friends. When they were in the fire, there was always a fourth man in the fire. And if you think it's the lion's den... There is always someone else in the lion's den that is clamping shut the mouth of the lion. And if it is the river, ask the Israelites. All God did was tell Moses, stretch, off, stretch forth your rod and the sea parted. That is first class. Which means that regardless of the situation, any situation you find yourself, you're in first class. It means also in first class, there is no question of, oh, I'm sorry, we've run out of... Um, Fizzy drinks, do you mind having water? Koshele, ah, no, that doesn't happen in first class. I can tell you for free. If I wanted, they gave me a bottle of wine. I say, hey, Father Lord, I don't shallow. If only I was shallowing, then I would have grabbed this bottle of wine, but I didn't know how to say no because it would have been rude. So that's what I'm saying. Meanwhile, the people in economy, they didn't have that opportunity. Flying first class, this first class, we're going to ride on it. Welcome, Papi. Hola. Hola, mi papa. Como esta? Bien. So I was just um, flying first class. Yes, I mean, your, your illustrations are interesting. <laughs> so tell us what happened to that shark that's bottle of wine he gave you first okay <laughs> so this was what happened to it i'm sure my husband will remember when we got to the lodge it was in we we're going to south africa so when we got there there were um other colleagues so we asked who shios please take thank you very much please take this shio take this temptation far away from us before we think that ah shavi is just me and you in the room now close the door let us and that, and that can eat the ministry. <laughs> you know, can eat the ministry. Papi, you're spiritual. Mm. Mm. So that's what happened to that. Okay. Um, wow. That's amazing. Um, okay. Well done. Good teaching. Uh, God bless you. Amen. 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 Thank you, sir. So I have a question. And my question is just something I've been thinking about. I mean, people have asked this question over and over. And it's something that has bothered me. Because even when I was studying these um, scriptures today, why do we keep seeing Christians challenging things that are clearly written in the Bible? And because it's coming from Christians, 
other baby Christians kind of like say, ah, this person is a Christian. If he's saying it, then it must be true. Why? It's, it's all um, signs of the end time. And um, Jesus said that even if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. So there, there'll be a lot of deception. There'll be a whole lot of, and those are even, there's gonna be a whole lot more and a whole lot more significant level of, this, of, of deception. So it's unfortunate, but it's, it's gonna happen. You know, and we've been forewarned that's going to happen. So, our job is to remain rooted in the Word of God, and not be swayed left or right. Absolutely, thank you so much. Our, our job is to remain rooted in the Word of God, not to be swayed left and right. Because I'm the one eating this orange now. Why are you telling me it's not sweet, Haba? I'm the one eating it, so I should have a. Yeah, 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 finish. I, I will say something when you're done. All right, sir. Okay, I was just saying that I'm the one eating the orange. Why do you keep telling me to stop eating the orange, that it's soured orange? It doesn't make sense. Is it paining you that I'm eating it? <laughs> you know? Yeah, because I, I have um, someone that I, that I respect, the things of God, and... You know, he was saying that first fruit was this and that. I just laughed. I laughed because he obviously has never engaged God at that level. So unfortunately, people criticize what they don't understand. So they've not experienced God at that level. And it's just like here in the in the US, pastor, solid people, solid people in the world as it were. They will tell you there's nothing like the Holy Ghost baptism. That spreading in tongues is is um, it's you guys are crazy. Why, why are you doing that? Are you are you a part of those guys that do those kind of things? They can zero you, you know. And here, there's networking is so powerful, you know, anywhere in the world, really. So when they come with that, you have to be strong. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> you know, and, and hold on to what is true, you know, because before you know it, they stop picking your calls because they're like that crazy guy that's speaking to, that speaks in tongues, you know. I'm not going to deny the Holy Ghost because, and in my opinion, they are well-meaning Christians. Mm. But you see, unfortunately, we talk with so much authority even though we are frail, even though we, we know in part, we prophesy in part, but we talk as though what we are saying is, is law. Hmm. Yeah, so that, how do you tackle that? <laughs> um, yeah, simple, it's very simple. We bring them to visit our brethren in Edo State. You know, I'm not, I'm not calling anybody's name. Oh, you know, by the time they see people flying in, they, in broad daylight, they will speak in tongues. <laughs> The tongues will just flow. It will flow naturally, you know. Uh, again, I think that um, it's, it's really a huge deception on their own part because they've seen life, in quotes, very easy. I mean, 
yeah, we have to pray for good road. We have to pray for light. We have to pray for, we pray for everything. So after you finish talking in your own understanding, you have to engage the Holy Spirit. Because if you are not asking the Holy Spirit to come and send mercenaries to help you, you all know, as in seriously, and we've seen testimonies of people that, you know, have been kidnapped and would have been used for rituals that just begin to speak in tongues and it's like fire is oozing out of their mouth. So, again, I'm the one eating this orange. Ain't nobody gonna tell me it's not sweet. It is so yummy. <laughs> Honey sweet, papa. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how do, you, how do you stand against such people? Stand upon the word of God. It's just Amen. stand and keep standing. Amen. 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 Okay, I think we have some questions online. Good evening, Pastor Olake. Good evening, Papi. Um, the first question Hi. I have here says, according to Acts 14, verse 3, God backed up the apostles' message with signs and wonders. What do you do in a similar situation, but without signs and wonders? Okay, um, that's the end of the question. What do you do in similar situation without signs and wonders? Again, signs and wonders. Oh, sorry, Papi, can I attempt it? Of course, okay. I mean, okay. go ahead. Okay, so for me, um, a sign is already the fact that you can even preach the gospel. That's a huge sign. Because I know when I used to take public transport, I would enter the bus and say, today is the day that I will preach the gospel in public bus. Now, open your mouth, speak. <laughs> and the words will not come out, you know. And a couple of times, I think I eventually did. For me, that is already a sign. That is a miracle by itself. And the gospel as we see it, is the message of good news. So it may not be in the entirety of using the word of God, the word of God, but it may be the message of good news. Like the example I shared some time back, God just said, say to this woman, all will be well. That's all she needed to hear. That was the message of good news for her. And that was the sign that followed. So when you say sign, are we looking for... um, miraculous healing, you know, like, oh, the deaf begins to hear, the blind begin to see. That may not always happen, but that doesn't change the fact that the word of God has gone forth. And I think Papi shared a couple of examples when he went to pray for someone that was dead and the person died some more. So did person that change? Dead when I got there. The person was dying. The person was dying. <laughs> Sorry, the person was dying, and the person died well. <laughs> I went, went back there when I prayed. The person just just like uh, uh, farewell prayer. <laughs> farewell prayer. So again, does it mean that God doesn't exist? No. It just means that we serve a God who sees all. We only see and know in part. But we serve a God who sees all. 
And he knows, for example, in that situation that that person at that time may have been destined to go to heaven now. If his life is extended, may end up in hell. So come home. It's time to go. So if we're waiting for the signs and wonders, it's up to God to display the signs and wonders in the way that he wants to do it that will bring glory to his name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Papi. Okay, so, I mean, you answered it well. Um, I probably would add that if we consider that um, they, they did signs and wonders, but when they started stoning them, they ran away. <laughs> You know, they did not command the stones to freeze, you know. Um, so, so, what am I saying? I'm saying there are different situations that warrant different responses. And sometimes, sometimes, what we see and we don't reckon with is actually what heaven reckons with. There was a time that this same Paul was preaching and they were, it was being resisted and he commanded the guy to go blind, you know, because he didn't run. So that was sign and wonder. So if somebody came and just saw them running, the person would say, ah, these people are not strong Christians. They are not strong apostles, you know. How can they be running from stoning? At that time, that was what they were led to do. If you are led to run, run. If you are led to fight, fight. If you are led to stand and command the Brexit to pass, do that. So the key thing is, are, are you flowing with the Holy Spirit? Bam. That's, the, that's just it. That's just it. Are you flowing with the Holy Spirit? Okay, second question says, these were the same people who asked them to stay longer. Then they refused to accept the word. And then the Gentiles who had accepted, they ensured that they made their hearts bitter. I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> um, so these are the people that said they should stay. And then it wasn't all the people that had believed that um, their hearts became embittered. It was some of the people that their hearts became embittered. And, you know, it reminds me of um, the parable of the sower and the seeds falling on different parts. So when we hear the word of God, it's our responsibility to guard it and ensure that it's actually planted on good soil. And we have the responsibility as well to water it every day to ensure that it receives nourishment and it continues to grow. Papi? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, the third question says, how do we know it's time to flee? Some missionaries know their lives are in danger and still stay in the environment. Some even die in, die on the field. Please share practical advice for intending missionaries, sir. Papi, the question ended with sir. Okay. 
Over to you, sir. Okay, so, um, yes, so, like I said, sometimes you stand and you face the heat. Paul did, he commanded the guys to go blind. Sometimes you stand and you let your hands be shackled, if that is what God wills. You know, James, for instance, was in prison, was beheaded. Uh, sorry, John was beheaded. Yeah, James was also beheaded, you know. Um, Peter was taken. Peter stayed. He was expecting to die, was ready to die, but God set him free miraculously. So the key thing is this. God will lead you. God will lead you. Death is not a loss. We should stop saying death as a loss. To die is gain. To live is Christ and to die is gain. If you die in God, serving God, it's gain. It's loss, of course, to the people that love you and want you to stay longer. But to you, to the kingdom, is gain. So if you led, you will not miss God. Absolutely. So that is just spot on. I mean, just as Papi has said, the Holy Spirit will guide you. You know when to run. You know when to stay. Stephen was going to be stoned, and he said, I see heaven open. He was ready to go. Paul and Barnabas, in this case, heard that they want to. They've not even started stoning them. They want to. They ran. So, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, I think this is a follow-up to the previous question. It says, could it be that they wanted the Gentiles to continue to come to them as the channel for salvation? And those ones too wanted acceptance, so they followed them to drive out Paul and Barnabas. Praise the Lord. Um, yeah. I don't think that they, it was a question of wanting acceptance because if you see the beginning of that Acts 14, Bible says, I'm going to read the Passion Translation. It says, when Paul and Barnabas arrived at Iconium, the same thing happened there. They went and, and they, as they always did, to the synagogue and preached to the people with such power that a large crowd of both Jews and non-Jews believed. So if it was a question of, oh, we just want to do what the Jews are doing, then they probably would not have believed in the first instance. So I don't think that so, it was, sir? Yes, so I think the question is the Jews wanting people to keep coming to them. That's why they drove out Paul and Silas. Oh, is that the question? Oh, right. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, so yes, I think so too, because um, like we shared earlier, they had benefits in allowing these people come to them. There were benefits. They were, now we they run this town. They were the ones in charge of the town. And this, this short man called Paul, 
with his uh, eyebrows touching itself, <laughs> has come with Barnabas to come and take over this town. No, that cannot happen. So if maybe if Paul and Barnabas had gone to pay homage to the kingmakers, in quotes, like, ah, we know that you are the ones running this town, or Twalesa, just uh, allow your boys to find small, small things. Then they will be the ones in charge. Then they will say, okay, go to this side first. Have you finished talking to those people? Hey, oh yeah, oh yeah, come. Oh yeah, all of you in this community, gather yourself. We have some people that want to talk to you so that everything is at their own command. So yes, it is definitely possible that they wanted to remain in charge of the community and then these people suddenly came and a large crowd is turning towards them. Correct. Praise God. Okay. Um, I think we have no more questions online. So, Papi, would you like to add to um, what you said so far, sir? Yeah, I mean, the, it's, it's amazing that the things that are happening back then is not so much different from the things that are happening today. You know, we have uh, dissensions, we have um, jealousy, we have people attacking you for preaching the gospel. We have all sorts of things that, you know, many times we look at our own situations and we are like, ah, you know, as if it's special, you know. But hey, these guys have gone through it also. And that should be encouraging um, for us, wherever you are. You know, there's nothing you are going through that somebody else has not gone through it. And they have come out victorious. And the same God that came out, that helped them come out victorious, will help you come out victorious. I mean, Amen. that's pretty encouraging. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, so also that he that fights and runs away, lives to fight another day. Mm. <laughs> you know, so the there's no shame in it. You know, you sometimes need to back off and regroup. And, you know, Jesus had to do it sometimes. There was time they wanted to push him off the cliff. He just, just disappeared amongst them, you know, um, um, and, and just evaded them. So, determine what God wants you to do and do it. Yeah. Words to live by. Determine what God wants you to do and just do it. Enter this plane and fly first class and know that yeah. Jesus is the pilot. Over to you, sir. Bless you and keep you. Amen. God make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Amen. God lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. As so it is, as I shall be. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. So God's favorite house. Who are we? We are limitless all the way. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh!